0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Brooklyn-based jazz drummer and composer and bandleader Toma Fujiwara. He opened up about his new 2023 album, March On, with the Sextet triple-double featuring players like drummer Gerald Cleaver, guitarist Mary Halverson, and trumpet cornet player Ralph Alessi. He was born and raised in Boston, Massachusetts, and went on to study with the legendary drummer and teacher Alan Dawson for eight years, before moving to New York at the age of 17. He's got a great story. Enjoy this interview.
1: Well, hey, thank you for taking a minute out today to talk about your life and music and the brand new album.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So before we get into the brand new album, you know, it's coming out in March, and, you know, I think March kind of sends alarm bells for everybody because in 2020, it was such a time of collapse, so... How does this release feel to have coming out now with the world opening up and live shows happening again?
2: That's a great question. I guess for me it's been a gradual process. Uh, Probably for a lot of people it's been a gradual process of um, obviously dealing with this uh, once-in-a-lifetime reality that we were all dealing with in March of 2020 and then kind of how that affected each of us individually and then collectively as a society. And in terms of um, the work that I do um, in in music, in terms of performing and recording and all that stuff, it, it's kind of gone through different phases since then in terms of what has been possible to do um, and what has been possible or what has been some options that we've had as artists to keep our art going and keep our art out in the world. Um, hopefully getting, getting people's ears and and affecting them in, in positive ways. So to me, having this come out is, is just kind of a continuation of that process of trying to, um, emerge from that period and continue to be creative and positive and proactive and, um, you know, reach out to as many people as possible, and this group is very important to me. Um, I've put in a lot of of my kind of personal approach to music into it. I've received a lot from the musicians that are involved, and um, this album is kind of like a b side to um to our album March, which came out last year. this is music that was also recorded at the same sessions in December of 2019. It's the first open improvisation that this group has recorded and released. Everything prior to this has been my compositions. So I think it also gives another um, side of this band's musical personality. And so I'm just very happy to have it coming out and kind of continuing the the history and the um personal voice that this that this band has
1: you know it's interesting with all of the albums that came out you know people a lot of people still released albums in 2020 when it was made prior to that time period how has living through this once-in-a-lifetime thing of a pandemic changed the way that maybe your voices or the way that you approach, you know, putting together an album, the sound, the feel to it? Has it changed anything? I'm sure it has. A lot of that stuff,
2: um, whether it be living through a global pandemic or even things that are less um, intense or less... uh Yeah. Um, I, you know, obviously affect the music that I make. It's sometimes hard to pinpoint exactly where that change occurs or how that influences the artistic choices you make. I think for me, a big part of it, um, probably for a lot of people, not just artists, but just people in general that were dealing with all kinds of stuff during that period It hopefully encourage encourages us and reminds us not to take things for granted and to really cherish the things that are important to us um however great or small those things are because um life is short and life is also a, a pretty pretty amazing in a lot of ways and and it just kind of um in some ways i i was able to kind of refocus my priorities and really appreciate that much more all of the things that I love about being an artist. Um so in some ways it it or in a lot of ways it helped me prioritize a little bit more, it helped me focus a little bit more. Um and then in terms of the actual music, like I said, that's hard to pinpoint the exact ways in which that's affected because I'm I'm always trying to compose and perform, um, from as much of a personal and honest place as I can. Um, but, but a lot of the reason why I play music is to express things that, um, might not be as easy verbally and, or might be ways that I want to express things that might, um, have a certain meaning within me, but but might have a different meaning for the listener and the person experiencing what I'm what I'm what I'm playing. And I kind of like that duality of coming from a certain place, expressing it through my music, and having the listener take it and um, kind of filter it in a different way through their own personal experience. So I also really love that exchange of, of kind of different experiences with the same sounds.
1: So let's find out where this voice of yours came from. Let's go back to where you were born and raised and kind of how you got into jazz and those seeds were planted in you to become who you are today.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was born and raised in the Boston area. um, And I don't come from a musical family or or I didn't grow up with any musicians around me. Um, So a lot of it was just by chance. Um I heard the album Rich versus Roach. Um immediately fell in love with what Max Roach was doing. I had no idea what it was, but it, it this the sounds really captivated my imagination. There was a great drummer named Keith Gibson who taught drums in the public school system um in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time and did a short demonstration at a school assembly on the snare drum again this kind of sonic feeling that that hit me right in the gut. Um, just having him play a single stroke role on the snare drum, stuff like that. Um, just, just I connected with it in a very uh, intense way. And so I started playing the drums and taking lessons. And then um, my first teacher, Joyce Kufman moved to the West Coast, recommended her teacher to me. That was the great Alan Dawson. And so I started um, studying with him when I was about nine or ten. And through him, really got to know the repertoire, the history of the music. Um, And so that's when I kind of started really checking out jazz and checking out all the innovators of the music and the recordings and and, uh, repertoire. And from there I just you know, I just became more and more passionate about it, more and more curious about it, and I just followed you know, kept following that that uh that
1: impulse and that, that feeling that I got from the music. What was the first live jazz show you ever saw that blew you away, that made you think that's something you definitely want to do is get on stage and do that? Mm. Good question.
2: Um well, to answer your question, I don't know exactly which one, but what I would say is that as soon as I started studying with Alan, I would go and hear him whenever he would play in town, which was oftentimes the Regatta Bar uh, in Harvard Square, and he would play with um, a lot of times with with you know soloists that were that were touring around and would would pick up rhythm sections in, in various stops he was the first call drummer. So I would hear him with Bobby Hutcherson or, uh, uh, who else did I hear him with? Or Frank Morgan, tons of people, a lot of them, most of them, I didn't know who they were at the time. Um, so, but, but I was always just watching him. (laughs) I mean, early on, I didn't I certainly didn't understand all of the connections that were happening happening musically within the ensemble. It was really just kind of about watching my teacher, um, who who if anyone that's seen Alan play, he's just so fluid and graceful on the drums and has so much clarity and musicality and so I would just I would just watch him and listen to him and see how he was in his very advanced way implementing a lot of the exercises that he was showing me at the time. So I, I would say it would be at the Regatta Bar watching Alan play with any number of people who at the time it didn't really matter to me. And then as I got more and more into the music, um, I could I could appreciate more the
1: incredible musicians he was he was playing with. So I'm going to take you from that moment, I'm going to take you into your career. What was the first stage you got on that was just surreal? You're like, I can't believe I'm here, it's happening, this whole, you know, world that I wanted to have is happening now.
2: So I came to New York when I was 17
1: and um, really just
2: didn't know anything about anything, but I had this strong feeling that I wanted to be in New York and that I wanted to... Um, I think I I had enough self-awareness to know that I flourish in situations where everyone is, is better than me and I need to really rise to the occasion and that I can handle a certain degree of, of getting my butt kicked, um, to, to learn and to grow. And so I, I knew that New York was where I wanted to be, even though it was going to be challenging um i mean I remember i mean i had a i had a gig my my second or third day in New york uh subbing for the drummer in a friend's group. I remember thinking that that was pretty incredible um just to be in New York doing a gig um, the first in the first couple of weeks I was in town i <clears throat> sat in for a few tunes at, at Bradley's, which is no longer there, but was a famous, legendary, mostly piano trio bar where all the greats played. And I remember having that moment, um, of, of yeah, just kind of having, having a little moment to myself to, to, to think, wow, I'm, I'm playing a tune at Bradley's, but, um, honestly, that's, that still happens to this day. I mean, I love the music and I love the history of the music. Um, I was completely overjoyed and overwhelmed the first time I got to play at the village Vanguard. Um, So it still happens. You know, I I've been doing it for a long time, but um, kind of back to my earlier point, I don't, I don't take any of it for granted and I have a great deal of respect and thankfulness for the history. So anytime I'm able to play, in a venue that has a lot of history or a festival that has a lot of history, I definitely take a moment, um, to really acknowledge that and really be thankful for that experience. Um, because, you know, I, I don't take it for granted. And I know it's something that a lot of people want to do that not everyone gets to do. And so I want to appreciate that and appreciate, um, you know, the, the spaces that have a lot of history that's meaningful to me that I get to, to, perform my music in.
1: So there's so many facets that go into being a professional musician, but what do you like the best about it? What is it that really what what part of it do you look forward to the most?
2: God, the, there really is a lot. Um but I would say the the feeling of community that you get and camaraderie that you get from from being creative with other people, um, when you find that perfect environment of artists who you respect not just for their art, but, but for who they are as people. And you're able to spend time together creating something that's personal to you as a group. Um, and that feels really true to who you are and creative and expressive. And, and you get a chance to work on that with, with other musicians and then share that with the world, whether it be in a concert or recording, even, you know, even if not a ton of people hear it, but just to kind of, put that out into the world for anyone that's interested. That's still something I'm thankful for every time I have a chance to do that. Um, And it doesn't always kind of hit all those ideal points. um, But I do feel like I've been lucky that it it does more often than not. And it's it's still an an amazing feeling. I mean, I, I just feel so elated and light and positive and energized when I get to have those experiences with with other artists that I respect and, and care for.
1: If you could get into a time machine and go back in time and see any jazz musician live, who would you love to see?
2: Well, I'll just go with the first person that came to mind, even
1: though it's a long list, as,
2: as I'm sure it is for you, but I would say John Coltrane um in terms of the the force that that his music is i believe live it would have been you know a th- a million times more powerful than the already incredibly powerful recordings that i've listened to over and over again so just to be able to sit i mean i remember i remember getting to sit in the front row at the Village Vanguard, right in front of Billy Higgins' bass drum. Um, And that was an experience that that no recording could ever come close to um, translating or or replicating. And I I think that getting to be in the same room as John Coltrane would have been definitely life-changing. And
1: why do you love jazz?
2: Why do I love jazz? What's not to love? <laughs> yeah i i mean um I mean I say that kind of jokingly, but that I really feel that way i mean it 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 kind of embodies everything that's important to me, not just not just from a art, from an artistic standpoint or a creative standpoint, but just this idea of the individual within a group, the balance you know between individuality and group goals the you know the teamwork and the interplay the communication the improvisatory element of it where every day is different so you you know you have to you can't take anything for granted um and then just 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 sonically the 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 rhythm of it and the counterpoint the the moods and the textures um and then the, the stories, you know, just all of the stories and history that the music reflects, um, as someone that was, that's the son of immigrants, but that was born and raised here, um, it's really a, a soundtrack for, for the history of, of this country, um, but done in a very creative, um, yeah, done in a very creative and expressive way.
1: So everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your fans, that ultimately you're in control of your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
2: Wow. Um it's hard to sum up in, in a short, succinct answer. I would I would like to think that I'm someone that that um is straightforward, that people can depend on. Um that's creative has a sense of humor. Um, and that, uh, you know, right or wrong has my priorities and, and is a, you know, keeps my word as a person that kind of, um, yeah, I hope to, to, uh, do what I say I'm going to do and follow through and, um, yeah, that's that's a tough one because it changes. You could you could always ask me tomorrow, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I want people to think of me as <laughs> as fun and uh, doesn't take himself too seriously." And
1: yeah, you know, the I interesting guess. psychology just... of this. Yeah, the interesting psychology of this question is there's this idea that it needs to be kind of a a doctorate dissertation, so to speak, but it <laughs> really is just kind of open to interpretation. It's almost like it's like it's the it's the perfect jazz answer you you improvise as long and as short as you want to and and every answer is right um but yeah you nailed it and and before we we get out of here, i want to make sure that everybody that wants to get march on or anything related to your world will figure out live shows previous albums where where can they go where's the best place to do that
2: it's a little it's a little all over the place, but most of that information uh although it needs to be updated is on my website, Somofujiwara dot com. Um they can also check <clears throat> triple double is on um the Firehouse Twelve label, so Firehouse Twelve Records. Um, and, and but in terms of live performances, my website is, is well updated. I'm not too much on social media. Um and yeah, yeah that would be those would be the best places to, to look for me
1: cool man hey thank you for opening up thanks for uh you know just talking about the album and your world of music i appreciate it have a great 2023 man
0: thank you same to you thanks for listening and tuning in to another neon jazz interview where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in boston new york kansas city and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz thanks to tomah for his time music and story want to hear more interviews go to famous interviews with joe domino on the itunes store or spotify and visit neon jazz there you can also find neon jazz at youtube.com and for everything neon jazz all the time go to the neon until next time enjoy the jazz my friends
1: Neon Jazz.